This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. It's good to be with you, Steve. Well, our mission really has not changed. Our mission since the inception of the Foundation almost 40 years ago now has been to improve the health and health care of all Americans. And so we have not deviated from that. We have long supported uh, expansion of insurance coverage, uh, access to affordable care for all Americans, uh, investments in prevention, and uh, expansion of primary care uh, among all of the professions, nursing, physicians, etc. And as a private foundation, we really don't take a position on specific uh, pieces of legislation. Now, that said, uh, the Affordable Care Act is the law of the land, and we are working to help those uh, in states and in other areas who are looking to implement the law to do it as effectively as possible. The law does give a lot of uh, leeway to states uh, to develop exchanges and ways of approaching higher value and quality care, and we obviously, uh, based on our mission to improve health and health care for all Americans, are committed to trying to make that uh, happen as effectively as possible. So we are looking to help all states, red states, blue states, uh, anyone who is interested in using an evidence-based approach to implement better quality care at a lower cost uh, to make it available to more people, we want to be there to help them. Well, Massachusetts clearly has been in the forefront of helping us understand and test uh, how to achieve uh, a reformed health care system, and they have demonstrated an ability to expand coverage. Um, The the costs are, as you say, not haven't skyrocketed, but they also have not decreased. What is important, I think, for us to keep in mind is that Massachusetts, uh, because of its demographics and uh, high education level, uh, large number of very uh, highly technical employers and the like, does not necessarily represent uh, all states. And what we are committed to doing at the at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is learning from Massachusetts, but then also expanding that learning to other states 
a variety of which uh, represent the the collectively rather the collectively they represent the way other states are going to have to implement the Affordable Care Act. So we're looking to fund states like Alabama and Colorado, New Mexico, Tennessee, Minnesota, Maine, and, and, and among others, which complement the kind of demographics, um, politics, leadership that uh, Massachusetts has, so that at the uh, end of the day, we have a broad-based uh, understanding of, of how to actually improve uh, health and health care in this country. Well, simply put, I think the, the issues are cost and value. Um, when you look at what has to be done to uh, expand health care coverage, it, we are looking at adding 50 million uh, Americans to the health insurance rolls, and um, that is, is coming at a time when state budgets are constrained, um, when people are looking to develop ways to address the, the fiscal conditions in the states that uh, tax the ability of Medicaid and other programs like CHIP to continue to uh, enroll and expand coverage. And at the same time, we know that the value, uh, that is the quality of care that is delivered for the cost, in, in this country is not what it could be. We have great medical care, um, but we don't always deliver it the highest value care. And as a result, the challenges that uh, people implementing the health care reforms are facing is how to expand coverage at the same time they're trying to do it in a a cost-constrained environment, and one which is not always conducive to delivering the highest value care. Well, I'm going to list a, a few things that I think are critically important to ensuring that the health system performs well. First and foremost is a focus on the patient, uh, the consumer, the person who's actually getting the care. The second is uh, information, having timely uh, information about the quality of care, the cost of care that is transparent and maximally available to people who are making decisions, both individuals and organizations. We've learned that an emphasis on teams and the ability of teams to collaborate and coordinate care is essential to delivering high-quality health care. Our payment reform, uh, our payment system uh, needs to be reformed. We currently pay for health care that's delivered um, on a piece-by-piece, service-by-service basis, and coordinating the care is therefore not something that there's an incentive to do. Reforming our healthcare system so that we encourage teams, accountability, and coordination is, I think, going to be essential. And then two more. 
I think an emphasis on the population's health is important. We, we know that so much of what determines how healthy you are is not happening in the medical care system per se. It's very important to get high-quality medical care when you're sick, but keeping people healthy requires that we focus on the population's health, the things that help them live in healthy communities, uh, eat well, and stay focused on their health. That will be critical to ensuring that the health system performs well. And then finally, we, we know that our health care system is fraught with racial and ethnic disparities that can be reduced if we pay appropriate attention to improving the quality of care uh, for uh, particularly groups that are not receiving the highest quality care and make a special concerted effort there. So that would be the last um, critical factor that I would underscore for improving the, the health, improving the healthcare system. Well, I think that's uh, it's a very complicated picture, and there's no single answer to that. Uh, people like to look for a, a, a silver bullet or one easy answer, but the fact of the matter is it's, um, it's a host of things that lead to that. And I think the most comprehensive assessment of this recently has been in the Institute of Medicine's roundtable on uh, improving the quality of care in this country. And that, that roundtable has underscored things like the unnecessary services that we have in this country, the um, services being inefficiently delivered, the fact that we have a pricing system that sometimes leads to the prices being too high, uh, excessive administrative costs, and um, missed opportunities to, as I've uh, mentioned before, improve the the health of the population through prevention. So when we look at improving our, our health, I think we've got to take that set of concerns uh, and underlying causes for the reasons that we're not as healthy as we should be, uh, given the amount we're spending, and invest in all of those in a comprehensive way. Well, childhood obesity is uh, an important issue for us because the rate of increase in childhood obesity over the last 20 years has, has just been striking. It's increased two to four times, depending on which age group and demographic of children that you look at. We also know that kids who are overweight or obese as teenagers will... For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. ...obesity at an early age in, in their adulthood, and that leads to increased health costs. It leads to uh, morbidity and, uh, in some cases, premature death. So it is a public health problem that rivals uh, tobacco use in terms of our ability to 
uh, change the health of the nation by changing a risk factor. Now, it's complicated to address it because there are so many factors that contribute to um, childhood obesity, but it boils down to needing to help our kids make healthier choices and their families make healthier choices by balancing the energy equation, helping them take in healthier foods, lower uh, calorie, less energy-dense foods, but high in nutritional value, and offset that by greater amounts of physical activity. So we are investing in the places where kids typically spend their time in trying to make those as healthy as possible, make sure that the schools are serving only healthy foods, that they are promoting physical activity uh, during school and after school, making sure that the communities, particularly communities where uh, kids who are particularly at risk live, have um, healthy environments, environments that allow them to walk and bike and play in safe environments, and uh, that we try to do something about the amount of screen time that kids have because that uh, not only keeps them from being physically active but often bombards them with um, messages that aren't particularly healthy about what they eat and how active they are. So we're trying to take a, a prevention approach that looks at the environment that children are in and helps that environment um, make healthy, helps them make healthy choices as a part of that. We're going to continue uh, on the core areas that we focused on for the last uh, seven or eight years, obesity, as I've just spoken about, but also improving the, the quality and value of health care. It's clear that the Affordable Care Act will not be uh, implemented uh, to the full extent that it can unless we improve the quality and value of health care. And we're going to need to make sure that the workforce that delivers that, that care and uh, works in public health systems and outside of the, the hospital and, and clinic is the right workforce to improve the health of Americans. One of our guiding principles is that we will continuously improve. And so we look at all of our programs um, and try to learn from them. We, we don't necessarily um, think that only the, the programs that have failed can teach us. We think that all of the programs that we've had uh, can teach us, and we've had some spectacular successes like the National 911 system, and we've had some uh, investments that didn't spark the changes we envision. What we try to do in every case is reflect on um, the factors that uh, were successful in that program and those that were less successful, and then uh, realize that our product is, is that change that occurs from all the programs, whether they are spectacularly successful or not.
Well, I'm very much aware that uh, as the president of a foundation, a private foundation, uh, we are stewards of private funds that must be used for the public good and that it is important that we uh, have a, a clear view and approach to improving the health and health care for all Americans. So for me, um, staying focused and strategic when there's so many other important areas uh, and areas that would be worthy of us working on is one of the most difficult things that, that we have to do. And at the same time, we have to make sure that our strategies are evolving and, and morphing in accordance with the new evidence and changing environment. So that's certainly one of the, the major challenges that I face. And I think another that uh, is particularly important in these times is that health is, at its core, apolitical. Um, it requires that we seek improvements uh, from all sectors of our society if we're really going to improve health, the business community, um, our political leaders, uh, our scientific leaders, and the like. And as the political environment has uh, changed over the last five or six years, it's become increasingly hard to maintain a nonpartisan, apolitical approach to this important topic, uh, improving health. So that challenges us to stay above the fray, to make sure that our research is balanced, that the way we talk about our work is nonpartisan, and that we continually uh, reach out to all members of uh, the sectors to work with us in delivering results that we all can be proud of. Thank you.